in the year to come, you need to experience, and this is the word I got in my heart today as we were standing there. You know, you think about all the goodness of God this year. Do you think it can carry over in the next year? Yeah. And this is what you need to expect. Sudden interruptions in your day of God's goodness. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean out of the blue. Extraordinary. Interruptions of your day. You might just be going through the, you know, your day as you always do, as we all have a, a routine. But expect sudden. Everyone say sudden. Sudden interruptions of the blessings of God coming on you and your family. Now, I receive that. And I think that, that, is, that is prophetic, and I believe it's going to continue not only just for your family, but for this church, this community, this state, this nation. Amen. We want to go on, um, and uh, we talk about positioning ourselves, and, and Shane mentioned that uh, about humbling yourself. That's a good thing. And there's some things that, that you and I can do. We said we need to learn how to fear God. Say, fear God. See, I need to be spiritually hungry. That's another thing it'll position you. Purity of heart, and then finally seeking the Lord. Seeking the Lord. Now, we went and we, we switched gears, and we, we're, we're talking about your attitude. Everyday attitude towards God, towards people. And these are some things that you and I can do that will, that will help us. The first one is, as far as God's goodness is concerned, you need to rejoice in God's goodness daily. Say rejoice. Second Chronicles 6.41 says, And let your saints rejoice in goodness. Psalm 13.6 says, I will sing to the Lord because he's blessed me so richly. Amen. Some of you need to sing in the privacy of your closet. God doesn't care how you sound. Just sing. Rejoice. Be happy about finding a $10 bill. I'm sure you were thrilled. Amen. Rejoice about it. Look to, look to heaven and, and, and raise your hands and thank him for it. How many of you ever, you know, you give your kids gifts? Through the years. How many have given your children gifts or your grandkids? Isn't it wonderful when they're responsive and they say, thank you. I'm blessed. Okay. The next one we said that you and I need to learn to remember God's goodness or celebrate his abundant goodness. Uh, Psalm 145, it says, we shall utter the memory of your great goodness. Other Other words, it should bubble out of you and I. Okay, then we said we need to learn to be satisfied with God's goodness. All right, Jeremiah 31 says, I will satiate or fill to the full the soul of the priest with abundance, and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness, says the Lord. It means to supply abundantly. So be satisfied. God wants you to be satisfied. Then we said, this is the last one we gave you last week, to continue in God's goodness. In the Romans 11:22 in the Living Bible it says notice how good or how God is both kind 
and severe. He's very hard on those who disobey, but very good to you if you continue to love and trust him. So say this, I will continue to love and trust him and experience his goodness. Okay. Now, the next one is in Lamentations chapter 3. Let's look there if you would. Right after Jeremiah, Lamentations chapter 3, and look at verse 25. This is, this is an important one, and, and for some of us, it's tough. <laughs> it's difficult. Especially you and I, might we're all wired differently, okay? Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 25 Lamentations chapter 3, verse 25. It says this, the Lord is what? Good to those who wait for him, the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. Some of you, I'm going to ask you, but some of you are good at waiting, being patient. Some of us are not. Would you agree with that? All right. But it, it says here that God is good to those who wait. So I guess it would be good for us if we'd learn how to wait. And we're coming to the end of a year, and we're going to start a new year. And I believe it's going to be a blessed year. And I'll say this, and when I hear somebody say something like Apostle Mike said, before this election, expect a what? Surprise. When I talked to him just a week ago on the phone before he left for the Philippines, he called me. He said this. And when I hung up, you know, I I went on and and then I began to reflect and think about what he said. He said, we're going to experience the greatest revival the church has ever seen. We're coming into a time where we're going to experience revival that's beyond our comprehension. And... You know, I thought, well, I believe that. And when he said that, I mean, you know, when when a prophet or an apostle says something by the Spirit, like surprises and it comes to pass, that gives credibility. And so I really believe we are going to, I believe this nation is going to experience a revival. When you think of revival and, you know, the church... The church is revived so it can go out and reach the world. And so I'm, I'm holding fast to that, okay? Now, <clears throat> one translation says, wait hopefully and expectantly for him. Wait hopefully and expectantly for him. In other words, we need to expect God. 
Now, wait in the Hebrew, there's so many, there's a couple different translations, but in, in this, this word for wait, it means to await with the notion of holding on strongly. Holding on strongly, and during the time of holding on strongly, you become wound together with the object of the waiting. I think that is a beautiful translation of that word wait. If you're waiting on God to move, you're holding on to the word of the Lord to the point where the word of the Lord becomes a part of you. It's in you. It's not just the logos or the written word. It's a rhema word. And you might be going through hell and things are going on in your life, but you've got that word and you're holding on to it. You're waiting for it. I've been in the ministry for over 30 years, still waiting on some things. But I'll tell you what, God's word is true. So don't grow weary in well-doing and faint in your mind, but hold on tightly. That's what it means to wait. You know, one of the things that's helped me years ago when Caleb was little, and Caleb is my outdoor boy. He's not a boy anymore. In fact, they're all in Omaha. They went down there, Kathy and Micah, and they went shopping, and I gave her strict instructions. Don't you come home unless you bring me a new vacuum. And so she did get a new vacuum, and she looked, found a gun safe. We needed a gun safe. So they're, they're out there, but uh, they'll be back. It's been wonderful. Been by myself. I eat what I want, do what I want, watch TV. I got control. All right. But one of the things with Caleb through the years, when he got young, he got very interested in the outdoors, and I was never raised you know, in the outdoors, my father was a businessman and he didn't really hunt that much. And so I, because Caleb was interested, I had to show some interest and, and, uh, I got interested in, in hunting deer and, and I've been blessed. I've shot deer with the bow and with the rifle and, and, uh, but the thing that's, that's blessed me the most is just sitting in outdoors in a, in a deer stand in solitude. Not talking to anybody, but learning to wait, to be quiet and to be still. And I'm talking about, you know, when Micah shot his deer just a couple weeks ago, we sat from 6.20 in the morning till 5 till 10 a.m. Cold. Oh, my God, it was cold. And, you know, you're, you just have trouble sitting still. But... And I knew we were down to the, you know, the last moment of the day of hunting and being able to go to hunt. And I'm thinking to myself, well, God, this better be the day. And because uh, he never shot a good deer. And we waited. And well, long story short, he did shoot a deer. And it was a wonderful blessing. But I've learned to wait. How many of you, it's real, it's, it's real easy just to sit down for a few hours and not talk or not do anything and just... Just be quiet. Let me see your hands if you're good at that. Okay. How many of you are like me, you you're, you're can be easily distracted, Abe, raise your hand, and, and you've got, you got to do something all the time. It's about even. Probably, you know, less people here today, you know, are the ones that know how to wait. But 
It's so important. If you want to experience the goodness of God, the scripture says this. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, the soul who seeks him. I want to read to you a commentary by a man of God, Dick Mills, that we've had in church years ago. He's gone on to be with the Lord, and he gives a, a, a day, November 26th, in one of his books about this scripture here. The Lord is good to those who wait in faith for him, to the soul who seeks him. It says both the Old Testament and the New Testament constantly refer to the Lord being good and doing good. Acts 10.38 tells us that Jesus went about doing good and healing people. Nahum in chapter 1 verse 7 tells us how good the Lord is to those who trust him. Psalm 84.11 states, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. One simple but true statement we hear often is the devil is bad is a bad devil but jesus is a good savior and friend another colorful truth that gets quoted frequently is if you do good or plant good things things go good if you do bad or plant bad seeds things go bad the lord is good to those who wait for him waiting has to be beneficial for those who have learned to wait on the lord The only people who are unhappy about waiting are those who grow impatient. Any impatient people here? Yeah. See, when I go through a drive-thru and there's 25 cars, there's no way. I do not. I do not. I went into D-Light Donut today. Sunday morning, you know. I think they're Buddhists, so they, they... the store is closed on Monday, but they're open on Sunday. They're a hard-working couple. If you've ever been to that, that bakery, they, they bless me, and I walk in, and, and, and it's fun to watch them. They work so hard. But there was a line to the door, and it was a quarter to eight, and I just looked at the lady behind me and said, I'm going to Casey's. Wasn't going to wait. Now, some of you might be saying, well, that doesn't make any difference. I'm going to wait 20 minutes to get my donut. I'm not going to do that. See, we're all different. We're all wired differently. But it, it's good here. He says, if you, he goes on, it says, those who persevere in waiting, the truly waiting ones will all say, the Lord is good to those that wait for him. Now, listen to this statement. This is what I want you to get. If you want to know the goodness of God in fullness, give yourself more than ever to a life of waiting on him. So today, if you didn't get anything, I want you to get this. If you want to know the goodness of God in fullness, give yourself more than ever to a life of waiting on him. He says, I've tried to quote uh, Andrew Murray too often, but he says, I need to share this, his evaluation of this scripture in Lamentations 3. It says, he says this. At our first entrance into the school of waiting upon God, the heart is mainly set upon the blessings we wait for. See, we're waiting, Brian, for that deer. Waiting for the blessing. God graciously uses our need and desire for help to educate us for something higher than we were thinking of. We were seeking gifts. He is the giver of gifts. Long, or he the giver of gifts, longs to give himself and to satisfy the soul with his goodness. 
It is just for this reason that he often withholds the gifts at that time of waiting is made so long. He is all the time seeking to win the hearts of his children for himself. And see, you're waiting on the blessing. But this definition tells us if we wait long enough, we, we kind of lose track maybe of, of the blessing and we get caught up with the one that blesses us. You wait on God long enough and spend time in his presence. Yes, you're looking for the answer to your prayer. But you get so, you know, caught up with him. Yeah, the blessing, blessing comes. But because of that time of waiting, you've learned so much about him. It says, it is just for this reason that he often withholds the gifts and that time of waiting is made so long. He is all the time seeking to win the hearts of his children for himself. Every experience of God's goodness gives the work of waiting new attractiveness. Instead of only taking refuge in time of need, there comes a great longing to wait continually and all the day. When duties and engagements occupy the times and the mind, the soul gets more familiar with the secret art of always waiting. Waiting then becomes the habit and disposition, the very second nature and breath of the soul. The Amplified Bible says of this scripture, it states, the Lord is good to those who hopefully and expectantly wait for him. To those who seek him, inquire of and for him and require him by the right of necessity and on the authority of God's word. So how good are you at waiting? If you're not so good, you got to work at it. I have to work at it. Anybody else have to work at quieting, getting quiet? This has been a, a, a wonderful weekend for me. I mean to tell you, we need to do this more often. You know, when I was younger, I didn't like to be alone. Some people don't like to be alone. The older I get, and those two boys and all the confusion and all the stuff that goes on in a household, goodbye, have a great weekend, and it's quiet. You can sit. This morning I got up and sat in a chair. It's just quiet. And those are the times that God will speak to you. If you'll learn to wait. I don't care. You can be young. And you can learn to wait. You can be old. And you can still learn to wait. Some of us are waiting on God yet. How many of you are waiting on for some things right now? Let me see your hand. Waiting on some manifestations of something in your life. Well, don't grow weary in well-doing. Continue to wait. Continue to worship. I'm going to stop there because I've, there's, there's a couple more, and we'll finish next week. We'll probably finish this, the, the series because I'm going to leave one for, the la, for last, and I want to concentrate on that. But if you got anything today, it's those who learn how to wait. Amen? You're doing a lot right now. You're going to school. You have a family. 
your life's upside down. I mean, it's just all things going on. Take time and separate yourself from all the confusion, if you can. (laughs) And be quiet and learn to wait. God loves you. And he's got a wonderful plan for you and your family. And sometimes it's hard to see the forest for the trees because all that's going on, the activity. But learn to pull yourself away, Sam, from the affairs of life and get quiet. Amen. She'll help you. She's helped you already with that child and will continue to help. But do that and that'll that'll bless you. And you'll hear. You'll hear things. God will give you inspiration. He might give you uh, a way to solve a problem. But it's going to come. And I'm telling you, some of us, I have to learn to do it myself because I want to get in there and get dirty and get things done. And sometimes the best thing you can do is learn to wait. Would you stand your feet this, this morning? So what did you learn today? And there's two things I wanted you to walk away with today. I want to hear them. What's the first thing? Wait. That's the last thing I said. Wait. Learn to wait on God. What are you going to expect in the days ahead? Sudden interruptions of goodness for your day. 